Show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me, then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Louder. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my agent. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. It is Thursday, October 24th. It's around 5.30. Just got done with my sports journalism class. We had a Dr. Aaron Gray. Is that correct? Aaron Gray came and spoke with us about sports medicine and how sports injuries can kind of be reported incorrectly and that's what our job is to improve that so it was honestly really really interesting had a great time in there but now I've had this on the dock for about two weeks coming on the podcast today is Jordan Alejandre Jordan Alejandre is a DFI analyst uh, daily fantasy insider you can follow him on Twitter is it at Jordan Alejandre yep basic and he's good man I've been uh, I've had the luxury of enjoy many car rides with him, many classes together. He's a sports journalism student here at the University of Missouri. He's Mizzou made, and so I believe him. I trust him, and I want to talk to him about some betting today, and it should be pretty good. The guy knows what he's talking about. I have a, I have a lot of faith in what he's going to say. So, Jordan, I know that you've got some stuff that you want to talk about specifically, um, and then I have some questions for you as well, but is there a certain place that you want to start with on your own? Um. Let's just start with what everyone's talking about, the rookie of the year. Um, Zion, he was the favorite. He was uh, minus odds, actually, which was kind of something you never really see in a futures prop. You always usually see plus odds. And we kind of talked about it as a team when this idea came to us about doing the podcast. No one really wants to take those odds unless you really – there's 100% of doubt before that injury that you thought – no one else is going to actually have a chance to beat him in Rookie of the Year. But all the other options provide value. Like, Michael Porter Jr.'s plus 1,600. If he provides value to that team off the bench, stays healthy all year, he has just as much of an opportunity. But they're also interesting because they're going to be contending. And so how much do you play in the Rookie of the Year odds a team that's going to be contending versus a team like the Grizzlies and John Morant, who's going to be a big part of the offense, or an R.J. Barrett, who's going to be a big part of the offense compared to guys who are going to play specific roles on contending teams. It's almost like a sli- it's like a sliding scale. I mean, you really just see if – I mean, if there's no rookie out there that's really on a contending team, then you kind of have to go with who's producing the most, who's kind of making a stand or, like, making a statement in the league. And you can kind of see they're coming – into their own in the NBA. But if there's teams like Michael Porter Jr. and say he's 
contributing like by the end of the year he's contributing like 25 minutes off the bench right and he's like got that sixth seventh man role and he's actually a key factor to that nuggets run i think that he actually has a chance to win that rookie of the year because i mean people forget he was a he was going in as the number one prospect in college five-star product i mean he does was the, a lottery pick so does the article that the athletic put out i think it was the athletic last week where mpj sat down with coach malone and they had a conversation about his role on this team because during the preseason porter's getting frustrated he's not playing right denver's good they're where, deep like one through eight one through nine are all very serviceable guys how do i want to phrase this Michael Porter's going to have a really hard time finding minutes on this team. Does that scare you to a point where you say, there's another guy I would rather roll the dice on? Well, I mean, Michael Porter's not my like number one pick, but he's got insane value at plus 1,600, especially going into a contending team, is my thought process this, on that. Is this what they call, is this where you sprinkle? A little bit. You, just a little You throw sprinkle? a little bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, I never really throw too much on futures because futures are so, like you're investing money into a long period of time and – it's a whole season, which you could usually be taking that money and making it back each night. Well, it's what you'll hope for, at least. But, I mean, futures are tough, and it's kind of seeing the value in them. But, like, finding finding that guy, like, the Zion, it's just, there's no value in it before the injury. And now, with the injury, the odds have been taken off, obviously, from like the, all the sites like Bovada and stuff like that. When do you think they'll put the odds back up? When do you think you can place this bet? I really don't know. It's kind of just a waiting game, and that's going to change everyone else's odds, obviously, because that's there's basically now people that took Zion are hoping for him to put up twenty a game when he comes back because there's really if you miss six to eight weeks of the season other than that he's screwed he's screwed there's really zero not zero but there's very minimal chance of him actually coming back after missing almost eight weeks of a season and still winning rookie of the year um so something i wanted to talk to you about this is one of my first proposed questions here okay people who gamble like to find teams that they ride with, right? Oh, I'm, I'm. This is my team this year. This is who I'm gonna go with. For my co-host Luke, mm-hmm. last year it was the Bucks, okay. right? So he just he knew the Bucks, and they were so cyclical, right? It was, you, if you watch enough Bucks basketball, it's the same thing over and over. Specifically, the Bucks after a loss, they didn't lose back-to-back games until the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. How long are you waiting? into the season until you determine, oh, this is a team I can ride with. How many games do you need to see before you start seeing those patterns? I start. I like to start waiting at least two weeks to start riding those patterns. But, I mean, we rode that a lot in MLB. There's teams that are like, it's the weirdest splits, but there's like teams, like the, I think, I can't remember it exactly, but the Mets in a day game on the road or something like weird like that, they were just unreal. For a point, and then they were really bad for a point, and then so you can kind of spot those trends, and if you can spot spot those trends, you can really make a profitable time off that. And I mean, there's a lot of bets. I'm speaking MLB because that's just what's fresh on my yeah. mind from last, the end of the season because we don't really have much of a sample this season for NBA. 
But, I mean, there's teams, there's numbers out there for the most profitable teams in the NBA, like, or the MLB or the NBA. If you bet on them every game, you'd be plus certain percent. I mean, finding those teams, as long as they're the right teams and you're not backing them for the wrong reasons, you can, if you can find that diamond in the rough, you can profit off so, of Vegas. So let's talk about the diamond in the rough, right? And yeah. I'm not asking you to make the prediction of what you think the NBA Finals is going to be or what you think the Western Conference matchups will be versus the Eastern Conference matchups. But I am curious if we're talking about value, right? Are there specific teams that you see have good value with a decent shot at making the NBA? And I know you're wearing a Warriors cap right now, <laughs> right? I don't think the Warriors are winning the NBA Finals, no. but Maybe they have such an absurd value that their outside chance is worth sprinkling, as we're calling it. So Sprinkles was, Cupcakes. I might be naming this episode <laughs> Sprinkles Cupcakes right here, honestly. I so I was looking at it and I'm yeah, I'm a Warriors fan from the Bay Area. It's just it's sad. We're not we're not gonna do I think you're gonna be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah. We'll I be think, okay. I'm so sorry. I don't feel that much pity for you as a Warrior fan, so uh but I mean if you look at it, they are still the fourth-ranked team in odds. They're plus 600 to win the West, which is above, like, which is a... So the Nuggets, for example, are plus 950. They are one of the deepest teams in the NBA. I think that is great value for... Warriors are great, yeah, whatever. But I don't think they have the depth one. And if one player gets hurt on that Warriors team... It's They're over. done. It's over. If, say, one player gets hurt on the Nuggets, they have a next man up. It's a lot It's a lot different to me that I don't think that the Warriors should be plus so 600. The, and the Nuggets are interesting because they're one of the few teams. We saw so much shifting landscape in the NBA this year. They're kind of the same. They ran it back. They only lost Trey Lyles. I mean, and they replaced they, him with Jeremy Grant. And Will Barton, who they didn't have for a majority of last year. Yep. And then you add on, like, MPJ. That, yes. that is... All you did was add two pieces to the puzzle and take away Jeremy Grant. I think that could play a big benefit to the Nuggets this year because everyone else is changing. Everyone else. The Rockets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, are all. those are your top four teams in the West, all went through massive changes. How long does it take for those teams to get ready compared to the Nuggets who snuck a game out in Portland last night, one of the hardest places to play in? Yeah, I think I saw something. I think the... Blazers hadn't lost a home opener in the last 18 seasons or something like that. And the Nuggets went there, took care of business. Jokic, I think he had 3,000 in the first and still ended. He played like four minutes in the first half and still ended with like 18 and 13. Crazy numbers. He's and in the a last, monster. In the last five minutes, it was all Jokic. He's, it was all Jokic. He had two threes. He had... Uh, a turnaround in the middle of the lane, and he's just diming the guys because everyone starts collapsing on him. He's a all-tool player, and I think he could be the reason they actually have a run. I mean, they every team is going to go through growing pains. I th- I wish that there were odds to bet the Nuggets to win the one seed. Maybe not. Maybe they won't go all the way because the Lakers, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Paul George will all be healthy. Hopefully. No one wants them to see them injured. Um, but if you see- does, so you're talking about they don't have the odds to win the one seed, right? No, and is they that, just have to win the West. So is that just on Bovada, or are there other websites that do have those odds? There's other sites, but I haven't seen 
I could be wrong. I may be missing them, but I have not seen the odds to win the one seed yet. I think it's hard to de- to decide because the Nuggets really don't have the all the much that much of playoff experience. LeBron has that. AD doesn't have too much playoff experience, but Kawhi obviously just won the world uh, the world championship for them. They, um, I mean, it's just kind of hard to decide. Once you get into playoffs, it's a different monster and betting on that to get through all of that and still come away number one is kind of hard to decide i but i do think that the nuggets provide pretty good value because i think that they at the end of the year i think they could end up as one seed i think the lakers the clippers uh all end up doing the load management stuff again like and you take away some games where they have to start their backups just because they want to rest those key guys and that's a couple game edge on for the Nuggets. The NBA, Kawhi Leonard is the defending champ, or the Raptors are the defending champs, and they use load management effectively, efficiently, intensely. Could you see more teams emulating the load management concept and that having a big impact on lines this year, on over-unders for wins, and why the NBA compared to every other league would it be more impactful? Um, I think that teams could do it, but there's certain, I mean, it's only for people that are like, I mean, Kawhi was coming off, I can't remember the, what the injury was, it was a calf? Or it was the quad. Quad, yeah. So, I mean, he's coming off, he was coming off that injury and they really didn't want to further the injury, put him under too much stress, um, make it like come back. And they wanted him to kind of gradually get better. I don't see many players in the league that kind of are in that same situation. Maybe Paul George this year because he's, well, he's hurt right he's now. He's hurt right now. He's missing the first 10 games. So maybe the Clippers, maybe Kawhi gets in Doc Rivers' ear and tells him, hey, this is what they did for me. We'll be fine. I'll carry us on the nights he's out and so on and so forth. And I think teams could do it, but I don't think we'll see a lot of it. But in terms of lines, I mean, last year, it was a guessing game sometimes where you didn't know if Kawhi was going to sit or not. They tr- they tried to be pretty consistent with it at a point where on the f- it was when you knew they were playing the Raptors were playing back-to-backs. One of those games you could be prepared for, he was not going to play. What do you think about last night? You know, we're just talking about night 1 or night 2 of the NBA, right? And I think one of the easiest bets that I saw last night was Damian Lillard combined points, assists, rebounds at like 35 in a home game? How much are you looking at that versus straight up team wins, money, you know, money line covering, you know, with the points? Are you looking at the like player total stuff? Yeah, our, at DFI, our props are, I our NBA props I think are our best. Oh, is that your specialty? That's our specialty every year, year in and year out. We do subjective research on them. We have a Excel model that basically helps us with like projections and i think that those are our specialty i mean i think we're four and one this year already on those uh i know the first night one of the bets we put out was um ad over three and a half assists oh my god i mean it was that seems so easy it seems easy i mean granted he didn't he had two in the first minute like the first opening minutes and then kind of cooled off but it still hit and but then there's some that are like JaVale McGee we 
thought he was going to be very involved in game one, but he split a lot of those minutes with um, Dwight Howard. And so they're hit or miss, but I think that's our only loss. And I think we are very, pretty, very good on those props. And those are the, those are really fun because you can just sit down, turn on a game and kind of root for that player, if, even if you don't have any interest in the game. Last year, and I'm I'm starting to wrap up, but if you have something that you want to get to, go. you can go ahead after this. Last year, there were two teams that I thought Vegas couldn't figure out. I thought it was the Kings mm-hmm. and it was the Nets. They had a really hard time figuring out when the teams would play well and when they would show the youth and just kind of collapse and not show up on a night. Are there teams that you see right now that could kind of have that huge upside potential more often than not and then you know every once in a while not show up to play but could surprise vegas essentially yeah i don't know it's kind of hard to tell so early but i mean at a first glimpse drummond and the the pistons are going to be confusing once blake gets back i don't know if they're going to run drummond 40 minutes if they're going to run drummond 30 minutes it's then you don't know if Reddy Jackson's going to go off. He's also a guy who gets in foul trouble and Every misses night. portions of games. Yep. I mean, it's so – some teams are hard to tell because of the rotations. And I think you could see the Pistons being kind of one of those teams. Like, Kennard went off for, like, what, 30 last night? I mean, crazy. And then you have Derrick Rose off the bench. You have Blake. You have Drummond. You have Reggie Jackson, who, if he stays healthy, he could do something here and there. But I don't know. It's going to be tough. I think the Kings, man, their rotations were gross last night. But <laughs> Well, that's Luke Walton. That, yeah, yeah, those rotations hey, were a, gross. As a Southern Cal- Bagley. As a su- uh, broken finger. Six to eight. Right? As a, lost, not a, you know, as a Southern California guy, I watch a lot of Lakers basketball and have over the last couple of years. His rotations are so poor. I think he does have a really good sense of the locker room. I, I like Luke Walton. I think he could be a good NBA coach. Without a doubt, his Achilles heel, his kryptonite, is the substitutions, man. He had no idea what to do with Lonzo last year, and I'm worried that if he keeps De'Aaron Fox on a leash, I'm going to be really pissed off. And if he starts <laughs> doing that with other guys on the Kings, that team's good. I know that they can play with the best of them. They should not have gotten smacked by the Suns. It's I'll embarrassing. And, I, and last night I was uh, – making a daily fantasy lineup. And I said, let's ride the Kings. Let's ride the Kings. I, I think, you know, Phoenix is sl- not good defensively. They're going to start the season slow as they're young. And they play so fast. There's so much opportunity. So I, I think the Kings should be there, but if Luke Walton's going to fuck with the subbing, it, it's going to be disastrous. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to touch? Um, I think one bet that I kind of liked this season was the Hawks over 34 wins. Um, they were previously at 33 and a half. Ice tray. So, so I think I think that their division alone is one of the worst divisions in the NBA. They have the Heat, who are going to be decent in the East. Orlando. Orlando, the Hornets, and the Wizards. That's a I mean, really bad co- Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, it's That's a really crazy. bad division. So they're going to see a majority of those teams. I mean, and – they really didn't lose much. They lost Baysmore. They lost Spellman. I mean, those are replaceable pieces. They're doing this rebuild right. They're getting these young guys opportunities and minutes. And I think, I think Trey's going to grow. I think I really, really like John Collins. I think he's a budding power forward center mix kind of guy. But I think that over 34 is going to be good. I think they started cold at the beginning of the season because you were kind of waiting for Trey to – get into his own. I mean, they still 
put up 29 wins. I think they, that grows by at least five. Points. Last question for you, and I guess it won't necessarily apply for our, our listeners, but Bucks I think, are listed at 57 and a half wins on the season. I could be wrong on that. So. You, you can check real quick just to confirm. Yeah, and it won't it, matter because... 57 and a half. Yeah. 57 and a half. I'm a diehard, but I'm literally wearing Fear of the Deer. Like, I watch almost every Bucks game. I will, I will be watching tonight. 57 and a half wins is a lot of wins, man. And for how well they played last year and the groove that they got into, I don't think their roster necessarily improved. And you can still have a really good season at 56 or 57 wins and not hit that bet. And so that's just one of the things that I'm seeing. Although I am a believer in the Bucks, I think they're – going to be contending with the 76ers for the Eastern Conference Finals. 57 wins scares me a little bit, just a touch. And if Giannis goes out for 14 days, 14 days with a sprained ankle, done. No chance at 57 wins. He has to play almost 75 games in order for that to happen. And that was the beauty of that Warriors championship season. Or, well, they didn't win that season, but that the record season of wins, I mean – they stayed relatively healthy. I mean, if they can stay healthy, yeah, they're going to be great. Giannis is great. But that high total just always scares me. And, I mean, you can get plus odds on the over. So, I mean, it is – it's not great plus odds. It's plus 125. But, I mean, it's – they know – Vegas knows that that's a risk. And I think that you never know. All right. Beautiful. Jordan Alejandre, thank you, brother, for making this happen. I appreciate it. Yeah, not bad. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? I I don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight, Alan. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal. It's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets so sensitive. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden.